Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Wow. 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 I, I don't really have words. I which also <laughs> is unfortunate for our podcast. Especially for us trying to record this intro. So I'll just, hey everyone, welcome to the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. If you're here, you probably already know all of this, but remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, wherever you do your listening. And you can also follow us on social media. If this is your first time joining us today because of the name you saw in the title, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. And if you've got questions, comments, or suggestions for the future, send an email to professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Let's get back into why we're saying, oh my gosh. So a dream was achieved today. A dream is a wish your heart makes, and it was achieved. It was achieved. If any of you have listened to the podcast for any time at all, pretty much, I was going to say for years, but um, even for the last couple of episodes or so, mm-hmm. you will know of our fondness for the You series by Caroline Kepnes, and also for my fondness of the narrator of that series, Santino Fontana. Yes, one Santino Fontana, who we had the absolute bonkers privilege of interviewing for this episode. Yes, it was a bonkers privilege. It was amazing. He is so kind and so sweet. And this conversation is an absolute delight. Uh, Naturally, we're all over the place, uh, but we had a fantastic time chatting with him. And we're so excited to be able to tie in this brilliant narrator's work with audiobook month. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with his work, he is known for his outer critics circle drama desk and Tony award-winning portrayal of Michael Dorsey and Dorothy Michaels in the Broadway production of Tootsie and for voicing the character Prince Hans in Disney's Academy award-winning animated feature Frozen. Additionally, he starred in God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater, 1776, and Zorba with Encores, and on Broadway, in The Importance of Being Earnest, Brighton Beach Memoirs, Act One, Billy Elliot, Cinderella, and Hello, Dolly. His on-screen credits include Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Sisters, Shade of Blue, Mozart in the Jungle, Submissions Only, Off the Menu, Impossible Monsters, Fosse Verdon, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and Just One Kiss. If you're one of the lucky ones that live near New York, you could also catch him this fall. He'll be performing at 54 Below September 10th through 14th with his one-man show where he'll be singing your favorite songs 
mixed with showbiz tales and everything in between. Yeah. So he has recently done the audiobook narration for Caroline Kapnis's fourth book in the Joe Goldberg You series for you and only you. So if you haven't listened to that interview, go ahead and check that out. That came out in April of this year. This episode will be for June audiobook month, as we said. So he'll talk a little bit about his narration for that book, as well as his general talents as a narrator and other things. He's also in film, TV, on the stage. So we get to cover a lot of those questions. We hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did and bear with us through some of the fanning. Uh, He was just the nicest and we couldn't help it. So happy listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. This is Emma here, and we have a very special guest today joining Joe and me. Welcome to Santino Fontana. Hello. Hi. This is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) Just to get that up, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm going to start with a little anecdote um, before we ask you some questions about For You and Only You and other things. I have um, obsessively, perhaps like in very Joe Goldberg fashion, recommended your narration um, for various audiobooks on this podcast, no less than eight times in the last (laughs) couple of years. And yeah, I think Joe, my co-host here knows how excited we are to talk to you today. This is major. So again, we're so excited you're here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're a fan. This one, I'm honored. A major fan. So to kick us off, we wanted to talk to you first about the latest book in the Caroline Kepnes You series, uh, For You and Only You. With this, you will have been Joe's voice on all four books. How did it feel to return to this character? Great. Really great. I mean, in a messed up way. I think... Uh... Yeah, it's the first, it was a long time ago now, that first book. I remember when I read the first book, and that was one of the first big audiobooks that I had done that then kind of, you know, gained um, a lot of fans and listens. And Caroline, you know, there was something really unique about that first book. So I loved doing it. I instantly asked about the rights, of course, which were already grabbed up. And I was like, of course I grabbed up. She wrote this book. So she, she's already three steps ahead. And um, yeah, we've become friends since. And it's, uh, yeah, it's great. I love it. I love um, coming back to it. Caroline is fantastic. Um, and she told us the other day, it's 10 years now uh, since she started these books. So the first one was about 10 years ago now. And that that just seems wild to, to take in. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It's been a long time. It's like, it's the yeah. longest, it's the longest relationship I've ever had with a character, I would say. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So when you initially did the audiobooks for you and Hidden Bodies, the TV show didn't exist in the world. Now that it does, does any of that influence how you work on the audiobooks? No, because I don't, I haven't seen the TV show and I have not because only because my wife doesn't like watching scary things. And I was like, we're not, you're not going to like, you're not going to like this. I haven't listened to the audiobooks. I haven't, uh, I haven't watched the TV show. Um, 
yeah, no, it doesn't affect me at all. There have been times occasionally where people say, um, I'll get, you know, someone will write something like, you did such a great job. You sound just like Penn. <laughs> You're like, no, I did it first. <laughs> I, yeah. And I know that the showrunner listened to the audio book. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't say anything, but yes, it's. Um, I think it's, I'll make the dramatic claim that it's fair to say that your voice probably influenced the, maybe. Uh, the Netflix potentially, version. Potentially. But I, I was years ahead. So yes, it's true. I couldn't be copying anybody. So um, totally. I'm glad that people like it. I'm glad Caroline's getting the much deserved um, credit for her writing. It's great. Um, yeah, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Yeah, so she, we actually spoke with her last week. Uh, so it's been a full like week of you things. And we had asked her originally about how, the narrator came to be for the first book. And she said that she listened to one clip only, and it was yours. And the minute she heard your clip, she said, that's it. It's Santino. And they said, did you listen to anyone else? And she's like, totally. She didn't. And um, it was your voice from the beginning. So in, in knowing that we were curious, what drew you to this in the first place? I got sent the script uh, or the script. I got sent the book. <laughs> I got sent the book. Uh, ben Rimmelauer directed the very first and produced the first book that I did when it was at Simon and Schuster. And I got this huge manuscript. I read a couple pages and they were like, here's an offer. And do you want to do this? And I read the first, you know, I think at the time too, 10 years ago, right? So I was doing, I think I was doing Cinderella on Broadway, or I just finished Cinderella, or I was about to do Cinderella. Regardless, I was playing a very nice, kind, all, you know, well-meaning, very like, you know, a prince. I was playing the prince. So somebody who always thinks of other people first. And uh, this felt like the opposite of that. And um, and also the stuff that I usually watch, it tends to be darker. So uh, I was like, great, this is Perfect. This is right up my my alley. And yeah. that kind of goes right into what we wanted to ask next of like, how do you prepare? Is it already in in your wheelhouse uh, since Joe is quite dark and judgmental and like his headspace is one that I don't think many of us could easily put ourselves into? How do you prep for that? That's the writing. I got to say, that's all her. I mean, that's yeah. Caroline. And, and it's any like great writer, I think. For a performer, they protect you. They're, it's like you're in a, it's like you're being held by something that they've created that's so thorough that all you have to do are like get on the tracks and go. You don't have to, I just mix two metaphors, but they, you know what I mean? Like you don't yeah. have to, um, the work that you have to do is don't lie and, uh, you know, step into the, sh- the shoes of this character. And, uh, she does a great job of that, especially with the, um, uh, you know, all of his thoughts melding into the other characters and the, the points of views of, of each character and Joe's point of view of those people's points of view. So, um, yeah, that's, I think the jobs that hearts that have really taken off or gained a large following or uh, I will say all of them are when it feels like the writer writes how I talk. Yeah. 
Yeah. And when I find those writers, I did a play with Stephen Karam. Uh, he wrote and directed the Humans movie. But before that, I was in a play of his, and it was the same thing. It was like, who are you? You write how I talk. We have to hang out. Um, there's a bunch of writers like that where when I start um, working with them, I'm like, we have to, we have to keep this going because this is not every day. No, that that makes so much sense. I mean, when you find when you find something that just fits, you don't want to abandon that. You really want to kind of sink into it further. Yeah, and that's what it speaks to the preparation. I mean, there is preparation mm-hmm. involved, but not as when a book is that long. You know, the you can't no matter what prep you do when you're in day five or day six of good luck. It's got to be. It's just in your bones that you understand what makes this character tick and what makes the author tick because ultimately you're carrying the torch you know from them right absolutely kind of going off of that do you have to do anything after recording to walk out of that like yes this is a natural fit for you it fits how you talk but when you're caught in kind of that snake eating its own tail of joe's internal monologue do you ever feel yourself like whoo i gotta let go (laughs) No. <laughs> okay. I hey, feel that's like, great. I don't, I mean, I think and maybe that's from, you know, acting school and stuff of talking mm-hmm. about, I, I don't bring it home. There are, there are times when, also here's the other thing, an audio book is a couple days, you know, like yeah. even if it's a week or two weeks that I did the, the, the Stephen King book, which was also a great, like, incredibly well-written and the Institute. And uh, also, you know, he did all the work for you. It's, it's huge. And it took me a month to finish that book because I was doing another job at the time. And um, you can't bring it with you because you're not, I can't explain. It's like, I've done parts on Broadway where I played a, I was in Billy Elliot, the, Mm -hmm. the original Broadway company of Billy Elliot, where I played the older brother who was primarily angry all the time punching things getting punched screaming and there was a day I left the theater after a show and a cab kind of cut me off on 45th street 46th street and um no 45th street and uh I instinctively punched the trunk of the cab and which is not like me it's like that character but I just kind of I punched the the trunk of that cab and the cab stopped and he got out of the car and I just looked at him and said, what? And he got back in the car and he drove away. And I called friends after I was like, I think this is wearing off on me now. Like, this is not me. That This is getting dark. But right. that was like a year on Broadway of eight shows a week of doing it and doing it and doing it. This, that's what's so great about it is you get to go in there uh play around with your imagination and and the words of this writer. And then you go home and it's done. You don't have to carry it. You get to just pick up, hold it for a few days and be like, okay, cool. That was great. Had did what I was supposed to do. Good. Well, I'm, yes. I'm happy to hear that. Cause I don't think anyone should have to hold on to the inside of Joe's mind. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Agreed. So speaking of recording the audiobook for this, do you have a particular memory that stands out from recording the most recent one? Like that was particularly funny or memorable or, or on the flip side, do you have a favorite scene from this latest book? 
When does it come out? It hasn't come out. It yet. hasn't come out yet. So we're treading that really fun space of like no spoilers, but yeah, sort of spoiler. There is someone yeah. in this book that I, a character that popped up that I was like, is this, is Caroline writing herself here? Or is Caroline writing? Um, I don't know. And I still haven't talked to her about it. So I don't even know. But there were a couple, um, no, there's some, I mean, it's like all the all of her books. There's some great, great, I will say there's some great characters and amazing scenes in it. I will say this feels the closest to the first book of the four. She's got, she's gone, there's, and I can't even explain what that means, but she's having fun in a way that, and she had fun in the other books too, but the, um, it reminds me of the first book. Yeah, it's definitely a return to Joe's roots. It's a return to we're in a New England town that's just really fitting. Uh, he's kind of in the most control again. There feels like a lot less external forces from love from, you know, Mary Kay. We're we're back yep. in the we're back in the same original reality almost. Mm-hmm. And yeah. With the uh, mention of some of his love interests, do you have a favorite of his many love interests? Beck, love, Mary Kay, wonder. Uh, uh, I don't. I mean, I think I love them all, you know? And it's also, it goes yeah. back a decade. So it's kind of like, oh, wait, this is the, uh, it's, a, it's a crazy, um, no, I don't. I kind of love all of the, I really like how Caroline sees, you know, when she allows the dark part of her brain to kind of, um, make fun of our current, like the personalities that we're introduced to in society, whether it's online or on reality TV, or, you know, she really, she skewers them. And I think it's, it's great. It's so well done the way that she sort of comments on things Mm -hmm. currently, a little tongue in cheek. She did say that wonder is kind of a Beck 2.0. Yeah but more so in the way that Joe interacts with her than than necessarily wonder herself. Yeah. I think wonder what, and wonders the, the, the female lead in this book, but yeah. I think she's a lot better than Beck. I mean, I feel yeah. like she's a <laughs> better person. I mean, that's kind of what Caroline's done. Uh, she's you know created a character that does things we probably don't really ever allow ourselves to fantasize about, but she also creates characters that are so ter- like terrible people that you want them to be punished in some way. So you kind of feel okay about it. Um, yeah. It sets up to allow for Joe's kind of method of got to fix this person and to really let us be like, yeah, you know what? They do need to be fixed. <laughs> Yeah, this person's a terrible human being that no one is going to stop. Yeah, exactly. So that is a great segue to this final uh, question in regards to the Joe Goldberg universe. Do you think he's ever going to get caught or do you have any Joe theories? You know, I don't know. I mean, this book, this book, well, and I can't, it's hard to say, but the the at the end of this book, there is information the 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 calculus has changed right the chess game has changed by the end of this book and in the foreseeable forever future like so there is a uh 
uh, yeah, it's smart. She's so smart to keep the tension going. And also, I think eventually, I think, I don't know if he'll get caught, but I think eventually it will be known what he did. That said, I don't even know if she has plans on writing more books, you know? I mean, after the first book, I never thought there would be a second book. So Mm -hmm. who knows? Um, Who knows? Uh, I think, though, eventually people will know what he did. Yeah. I like that answer that, like, yeah, he might not get caught, but at some point people are going to know. Yeah. Going to change some things for sure. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I guess now we'll move into some narrator-based questions. You've narrated, you know, a few audiobooks, and by a few, I mean quite a lot, which, uh, you know, we're both always so happy to listen to. I was Is just it a listen- lot, though? See, I don't know enough. Like, what is the norm? Like, are there, because I know there are people that this is primarily what they do, and so they, I don't know how many titles they've done. Um, I have no, I have no reference. It's, I mean, in my opinion, it's not enough. You could continue to do more (laughs) (laughs) in your schedule that I'm sure you have tons of time for. Start the letter writing campaign. Start it up. Any any book that you would would like to narrate, that's our vote. (laughs) Thank you. I'll take it. Um, I will say just as a little annoying, like fan moment, I have listened to many an audiobook that I did not enjoy, and I will not say which ones, um, solely for your narration. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Right. Take it. Thank you. Yeah. So we would love to hear more of your narration, but uh, to segue back into Joe's question. <laughs> so June is National Audiobook Month, as we mentioned, uh, and we'd love to ask kind of the, about the business of audiobook narration. What was the first audiobook you professionally narrated? It was the Lance Armstrong, what was it? Wheelmen. It was called Wheelmen. It was the, what was the other writer's name? It was the two Wall Street Journal writers who basically caught him. And uh, that was the very first one. And I was doing, I was doing Cinderella at the time on Broadway and would do, was doing that during the day. That's right. Yeah, that that was it. So then also very close tied to when you picked up as well to. Yeah, it was right after that. It was, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, I have to go find the, that audio book now. Cause that's one I haven't listened to. <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's, um, it's nonfiction. So it's very, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, it was fascinating to read. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, 
was always do a you, Speaking of, do you have a different approach just in terms of when things are, you know, nonfiction or fiction, like, or do you kind of keep your narration pretty steady? No, it depends. If it's a, if it's, you know, I did some uh, um, Frederick Bachman books that, and I've done, uh, and I've also done like some Stephen King short stories and I've done some historical dramas. I did uh, uh, something called Anatomy of Desire, which kind of read like a screenplay. And uh, no, you've got to, you've got to follow the tone of, it's like being on a TV set. You know, I mean, if you're on Law and Order, it's very, we know the style that you are in. If you're on, you know, and I'm trying to think of what a, if you're on Maisel, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, it's a completely different world. So yeah. you have to, I mean, there's, yes, there's the through line of it's still me, but you know, the parameters have changed. What can be expected of you? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. What can be expected of you is totally different. Absolutely. Now you do a lot of things, stage, film, of course, audiobooks. How do you choose your projects? I mean, I think, how do I choose them? I feel like there's a misunderstanding. Like, I don't choose them. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I choose things not to do. That's really the only, um, like, things that I don't really particularly want to do. But they're, But the majority of stuff, you know, the world's spinning. People think of you or don't, and yeah. things collide or don't. Um, and I like working, you know, I like, I like telling stories in all different, you know, like you said, TV, film and on stage, I like doing all of it. Um, so I try to just keep it. I like to keep it different. You know, I like to, I don't like to, I don't want to repeat myself really. And I don't, I, I, I joke that I've, you know, I chose to be an actor because I've been avoiding an identity my whole life. So, whether, <laughs> you know, and what, like we started when talking about playing like the nicest, kindest neurotic prince in Roger and Hammerstein Cinderella is the opposite of a, you know, narcissistic, you know, uh, although incise, you know, insightful at times about the current climate serial killer. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Quite opposite. Uh, like that's yeah. Great. Awesome. And are there certain authors or series that you always make room for? Yes, Caroline is one, Stephen King is one. In terms of uh audiobooks, Tom Parada is one. I did a lection and then I did a short story of his at Symphony Space, which we did for selected shorts, which is online somewhere. And that was I was like, this is another one of those he writes how I talk, like I love that. Um I'm trying to think of other, I did, um, you know, I did Red Badge of Courage, which was actually great, like Stephen Crane, you know, the, the classic, and I was like, I never thought about reading audiobooks, like classic audio, I've never done that, so that was fun. Um, no, it, it's just, it goes to what you said, what I said earlier, like, I think as long as I just keep it moving. Yeah, you know? keep it moving, keep true to yourself, never, never kind of stay in the same place a little too long. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so you touched on this a little bit earlier, but on average, how long does it take you to do these audiobook projects? I mean, are most of them those short, like a week or so, or have there been ones that have been a lot longer in terms of process? Some of them are, I mean, I'm I'm doing one coming up that I think they only need like 
two hours. So it was like, great, great. Uh, I think Anatomy of Desire was one day. Um, this book was over a week. Um, I did a romantic comedy that was that's out now uh, called Love at First Psych, which was, I want to say two days. Um, but then that Stephen King book, you know, that was a month. So it's all, it's all, it's all different. It all depends. Do you have recording day week essentials that you sort of have to have when you're in the studio? Uh, I try to kill any um, superstitions as early as they could potentially show up. That's kind of my always in all things. But um, I, I usually like, I bring those like exercise balls usually, and I'll put one on my back and usually I'll sit on one as just kind of a reminder to stay upright as much as I can. Cause you can really tell if you don't. Um, and just like tons of water and coffee, like an obscene amount of coffee and water and usually a pillow for after uh, lunch where you put it over your stomach. So you can't hear your stomach growling. These are the tricks. That These make so much tricks. sense. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of pillow for immediately after. Uh, yeah. Don't you... Early on from a, I can't remember who taught that to me, but it was like, oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, you're right. It worked. <laughs> I mean, because don't you just love hearing your own stomach back in your headphones? Be like, oh, shoot. I oh, never hear that it. take. They always hear it. They always are like, you got to do that again. Um, <sighs> yeah. I, I also love and really appreciate the idea of like, no, I'm trying to nip the superstitions in the bud before they could start. But truly, I'm, I'm with you. There's never enough coffee to get anything done. So the most no. amount possible. It's an endless, you know, when you're ordering Trentas and they don't even advertise them, you know, you have That's, a problem. Absolutely. <laughs> that is my go-to size. <laughs> yeah. Not it's on the not, board. It's not up there. You it's have not to a Trenta cold brew. I don't want it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what is something people may not know about being a narrator? I don't think people know, and it, again, it's different for every job, but people don't know that the producer slash director is incredibly um, influential in how that book comes out, like hugely. And every producer, director is different. So some people are very involved, very involved. And some people are very, very, very hands-off to the point that sometimes I'm like, well, wait a minute, did I do it? Is that character this or is that character this? Um, but it, you know, no one sees them or hears them so they don't know that they exist, but they're incredibly, um, I, I really like to lean on them if I can as much as possible. Otherwise, it can be very lonely. It can be very lonely. You know, you talking alone in a room for, you know, six hours is not the way anyone really intends to spend their day. Like that, you you have to. Or you when you have a job, you know that that's what it's going to be. But it's not. It's not natural. There's nothing natural about that. No, there's nothing natural about sitting there and basically talking to yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> would you? Would you say there's a big difference between how you lay down the lines versus how you hear them cut? It, or do you ever, I know you didn't listen to the audiobooks, but do you ever hear kind of a close to final cut or you just leave that in their hands? I leave it in their hands because I don't have, it's the same with being on camera for me. It, I have no control over the edit and yeah. 
I feel like that's the way to quickly go crazy to try to watch you know, all the dailies and oh do God, all that. Yeah. No, get out of here. <laughs> I mean, if someone wants, if someone asks my, if they're debating between something and they want to like help pick, then I'll, I'm happy to weigh in. But it's not a, it's not. A, and you know what? I've recently learned. I used to think that you know, oh, does everybody else just watch and they're all fine with it? No, I feel like there's so, I watched uh, an interview with Javier Bardem. He was like, I can't watch myself at all. Um, you know, Adam Driver very famously doesn't watch himself. Um, and I feel it's a little bit the same with the audiobooks. I mean, yeah. I'll, I've listened to pieces of certain things, but um, it's very rare that I'll listen to my whole, of whole, I can't do it. I'll start giving myself notes. Like, why did you do that? Why'd you say it like that? Yeah, I love editing these episodes because oh, I do the same thing. Like, oh, should I just re-record this whole thing solo right now? Well, I sound like that. How mm -hmm. is anyone hiring me to do this? <laughs> <laughs> I I think out of habit, it's gotten easier because we are forced to edit our own episodes to listen, but it's still um, incredibly uncomfortable to hear your own voice over and over. It's awful. Yeah, not a fan. I'm curious to know if you listen to audiobooks at all in all of your infinite free time. Uh, uh, <laughs> not often. Occasionally, if like we're going on a road trip, sometimes I'll listen to, we'll listen to, we listen to the Carrie Fisher audiobook and I listen to uh, Wishful Drinking and I listen to, I rarely listen to fiction. Um, but occasionally I listen to Rebecca Traster's audiobook. Um yeah, but not not that not that often. Not that often. And uh let's see, what are you working on right now that you can talk about, of course, or any recent projects you might want to shout out? Sure. Well, this comes out what end of the month. Yep. Uh, Love at first psych on Audible. I did last. Year that just came out recently, and then I'm doing something. To, I don't know if I can say it or not. I'm doing something at Audible tomorrow and day with some great people, um, an audio play, and then I'm doing. There's also I'm trying. There's another audio book that I can't talk about yet, and then there's. <laughs> What else? There's two. I've got a um. I see, I nothing I can say. <laughs> hey, that's okay. That's yeah, right. There's nothing really I can say. Just plenty for Emma to be excited about and write down there to look a, out for. In New York, there will be as of now. I mean, everything could change, as you know. But the the uh, I'm scheduled to do. I can get it for you wholesale, which is a musical, which is based on a book that there has been a little talk of. Yep. Why don't we do the audio book of this book that's never been done? which has some Joe similarities. He's not a murderer, but he's not a good guy. And um, uh, that's in the fall with Judy Kuhn and a bunch of other great people. And then I have a con some concert stuff in the city, New York, and then, you know, various locations. That's but, awesome. Yeah. That's very exciting. So we do have a few random questions, if you'll indulge in this. Sure. Um, we saw for a few of your recent projects that you've been in Cleveland recently. Oh, right. That, um, that's coming out in the fall. Yeah. And Which we is... happen to be located in Cleveland. So You're in Cleveland? <laughs> yeah. We are. <laughs> 
Where? Uh, well, I'm yeah, I'm like in suburbs of Cleveland. Yeah, at home so currently. Where, what area of Cleveland? Like where? Northeast office. Ohio. We're like right up, right up by the lake. Basically, our office is in Garfield Heights, um, yeah. which is by Valley View. It's all kind of close to down. It's like twelve minutes from downtown. Mm-hmm. Twelve minute drive. Yeah, yeah. twelve minute drive. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no New York rules here. We uh, no. we don't have much walkability. <laughs> no, everywhere. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we were curious if you have any favorite places that you've been in Cleveland uh, I so went far. Jacks. I enjoyed Jack's Casino. I went to, what is that? I didn't eat in it. What's the really nice, like, fancy place where there's, like, a dress code on, oh, what is that called? It looks like an old school, like, steakhouse seafood. Is it, like, Marble Room? Marble Room. That's it. Wanted to go, never ended up going. Um, (laughs) We, what is that place? Oh, it's by the House of Blues, mm-hmm. that barbecue place, Porter's. Is that what yes. it's called? I that was great. Pretty sure, that's it. Yeah, I was. I've been in Cleveland. Here's the strange thing: I went to. I'd never been to Cleveland, mm-hmm. and in the fall, in October, I did a reading of a new play at at the Playhouse on the Square. Okay, and then I was like, "Wow, well, there's Cleveland." I went to. Cleveland. I never went to Quakers Steak and Lube, which I have a lot of questions about. <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, came home and then I got this movie that shot in Cleveland and it's called Lost and Found in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was there in January and I was there in February. So I was like, wow, I never would have thought that was on my bingo card being in Cleveland three times in six months. Just, and Just I had a great time. At random. Yeah. Yeah, we did. I, well, I say we, but me, I did see that you were here on Instagram. Yeah. Which like launched a whole thing in our um, podcast group chat about like where, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, and then trying to figure out what projects you were working on. <laughs> yeah, it was the movie and then the play. Yeah, when yeah. we were, and the people in this movie were all at that hotel. So it was like Stacey Keach and June Squibb and Dennis Haysbert and John Lovitz and Martin Sheen. And we're all in this hotel. <laughs> what are we doing this is so weird but great um yeah That's i love so funny i love cleveland hey i love cleveland too happy to hear it <laughs> i had no idea i assumed you guys were in la but it, no. it looks very la-ish your your backgrounds <laughs> i'll take that as a compliment i'm originally from sacramento oh really mm-hmm. if you're I'm familiar i'm from stockton Okay. Yeah. My friend went to college in Stockton. So I'm very familiar. Yeah. But yeah, so we love Cleveland. We don't think it gets enough credit. So we're happy to hear you had a great time. Yeah, I did. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. And Quaker steak will always be a question to all of us. Yes. I don't get it. What was it though? So it was a restaurant. It's like it is a restaurant. It's basically yeah it's just wings it's 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 like the worst bar food you can imagine but in one place while you're waiting for your car to get a lube job Uh, they don't do any car work it's just an aesthetic why Why is lube in the title i I would love to know we'll we'll hunt them down (laughs) with some answers (laughs) research that for the next time just like um, 
Indians <laughs> went first. I think that needs to go next. I would and love to see that change. Same thing. Yes. yes, please. We've got the Guardians. Now give us a better Quaker steak name. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Maybe we'll bring in Tom Hanks for that too. He did like go. narration for the for the Guardians. For the oh, promo yeah. clip. It was Tom Hanks. Well, because he used to work at the Great Lakes Shakespeare Festival there. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so he did the whole VO for that. Mm-hmm. Um, now is uh, my turn to be indulged. Uh, favorite memory of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Oh, sure. Of mine? <laughs> yes, um, of yours. I, you know, what was the day? We were out in, um, well, you know, I really loved was being, to be honest, in, what's it called? Um, West Covina. Mm-hmm. The pilot we shot in oh, West Actually Covina. in West Covina. In West Covina. <sighs> in that, like, Little League major. In the West bar West scene. Covina. Yeah. Yeah. That was a real place and I was like I like this and I liked the hotel in West Covina and then I ate at Joe's Crab Shack and I was like I like West Covina I'm I'm into it hey no no bad vibes there that sounds fantastic just (laughs) three hours from the beach Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh boy we love that uh we love that show just as a side note yeah we touched on your love of coffee a little bit earlier but we're curious to know what your go-to coffee order is i have a trenta iced coffee this is starbucks i mean i'll drink anything but Mm -hmm. uh trenta uh iced coffee no milk no cream no sugar black that's it okay yeah that's my kind of order that's It's, it's every time I have to go into the office, the treat is going to Starbucks. <laughs> Occasionally I'll have a stevia packet if I'm feeling really, you know, feeling fancy. Okay. You know, who's addicted to stevia is Caroline. Kepnes. <laughs> She's addicted to Splenda. <laughs> oh, Splenda. You're right. Yes. It's Splenda. Yellow packets only the yellow for her. Packets. Yeah. That's, that makes sense. That's why we're, yeah, I get it's- it. It's why everything works so well is because of this. Everyone's coffee orders all jive. I am. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I have a uh, low key addiction to artificial sweeteners as well. I try, I try to break it, but I remind myself of all the vices. It's not that bad. Of all the things that I could be addicted to, if I want some sweet and low, I'm okay with it. (laughs) What's what's a pink packet going to hurt me? It's not going to kill you. It's not I'm eventually sorry. it might, no, but it might, but we don't, but yeah, walk across the street. Good luck. Like, right. you know, come on. <laughs> who knows? Who knows what serial killer is uh, following me? So, <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> uh, so we are library related. Of course, we are, you know, product of overdrive here. What comes to mind when we say library? I mean, I think of my, uh, my childhood, I guess. My parent, my mom would take me to the library in Stockton, but also then we moved to Washington State and there was a great library in my hometown, which we would go to often. And now with my daughter, uh, we take her to the, to the library pretty often too. So I guess childhood. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I love the memories that always come up when you make people think back on the library and you really just go like, yeah, it's, it's, it's about those good times together. Yeah, in a very quiet space, in a quiet, yeah. 
It's a great place to take a toddler and entertain them. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. I mean, yeah, we were, um, yeah, all the time. And now they like have toys. And I don't think they had toys when I was there, but when I was a kid. But um, yeah, she loves the library. It's great. We're happy to hear that. And so as we wrap up, where can our listeners find you online? I still, I mean, and I apologize in advance because I'm not great at it. I don't get it. I don't really understand it. I don't understand. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on it. But I am on Instagram at Santino Fontana. And I am at Twitter still because I don't understand. At Santino Fontana. Um, Facebook is kind of more family stuff, but those are the two big places, you know. Yeah. Um, but Instagram is a great, I I for sure always put, you know, stuff that I'm gonna be doing or stuff that's coming out on there to help, you know, people. That's fantastic. So if the listeners want to keep up with what you are doing, Santino Fontana on Instagram, best place to go. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today. It was an absolute delight to talk to you about uh, several things, um, including for you and only you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen Podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.